Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? I hope that you are having a fabulous, fabulous day. And as a reminder, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode that comes out every single week. And you especially want to keep tuning in because I am here today with Rob Roseman of WTF Divorce. Hello, Rob. How are you? Hey, Wendy, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so great. And I'm really excited for you to be here today because you guys, I wanted Rob to come on to the podcast today to shed some light on the male perspective around divorce. So we're going to dive into a couple of topics that incorporate co-parenting dating and what a man feels like going through divorce. They they are alone and feel that sense of loneliness as well. So Rob's going to dive in and talk with us candidly about that today. But before we do that, I want to share a little bit more with you all about Rob. So Rob is a former Las Vegas poker pro, and he is now a divorced dad to three kids, ages 10, 8, and 5. And he is the founder of WTF Divorce, which helps people dealing with divorce to feel less alone and to save time searching for help. So Rob, welcome again. And I always love to ask our guests to share a little bit more about their journey and how it is that you came to do the work that you do today. Yeah, absolutely, Wendy. And thank you for having me. You know, a typical story, uh, Las Vegas poker pro gets married, has three kids in Vegas. Um, but yeah, I've been, uh, divorced now two years. So, and I just like, I didn't even know there was such thing as a divorce podcast before. So like having access to all this stuff is incredible, but, uh, yeah, to go back, you know, had a lovely marriage, had three young kids. We moved to the Atlanta area for my wife's uh, career and quickly just like the, you know, you can never tell we have three young kids, like what, which end is up. Um, marriage kind of got a little bit, uh, I wouldn't even say bad, but it was in that kind of like media medium stage where you were just like, what's, is this normal? We decided to pursue the route of divorce, which was obviously emotional and kind of, you know, traumatic for everybody, but we had a pretty quick and mostly painless divorce. I have like some survivor's guilt now when I see what most people go through. So it is rough out there. Um, but yeah, I have a mostly amicable relationship with my co-parent. We get along well, but I just, you know, it was like uh, very jarring when I got divorced. It was like, once you sign the papers, you have like some adrenaline, you're done, you're free. And then what I learned and I got divorced, like at the start of the pandemic was like, oh my God, now this is just starting. Like I had no idea. I mean, I was a very active dad, 
So I was with my kids a lot, but like three on one, a new apartment, um, alone half the time I'm dating, I'm co-parenting every text I send, I have to like be mindful of, you know, how I start it. So it, my head was spinning and, you know, it was a rough first, you know, six months to a year. And I just like knew I needed to find help from other people going through it. Yeah. And that's the key, right? Is really looking to those who have been through this before. So let's go back to that rough six months, if you don't mind, and, you know, really kind of dive into what your experience was and feeling alone. I mean, obviously you were in a new city. I don't know if you guys knew anybody either, but even divorce, whether you're still living in the same place or moving to a new city is, it can be very isolating because so many times, you know, I had friends that thought, you know, divorce is contagious. Be careful. You don't want to get too close or you stop being invited, you know, to, to certain um, functions or just being included. So talk a little bit about what your experience was during those six months and how you personally went about feeling less alone. And, and how did you manage that 50% time being to, by yourself? Uh, not very well. I'll say mm -hmm. that it was, uh, I do it a lot of guys do. And I threw myself right on the dating apps and was like, Oh, let me just, you know, find somebody have some fun, uh, you know, get some kind of validation that I felt like I was lacking at least towards the end of my marriage. Um, but yeah, it was rough. And it was very isolating. I mean, they say divorce rates are 50%. But I couldn't, I could count on, you know, not even two hands, one person I knew divorced, especially being in a new city. Um, my married friends, I had a couple good close friends that were guys, but, you know, they they were busy. They just they also didn't really understand or they wanted the the highlight reel from the dating apps. You know, tell me how awesome it is. But internally, it was very it was just isolating. And like you just I think one of the biggest problems with divorce that I see with other people is you just don't feel seen. You don't feel heard. Nobody gets it. Every divorce is different. But there's like this almost communal like fraternity i feel like of people that have been through it that like oh i got you i i, I understand what it's like my married friends you can't understand it i say it's almost like uh you know talking about having kids or before you had kids you just can't understand because it's so complex where you have these feelings of love and fun and it's also terribly painful and you know your, your kids drive you crazy half the time all these things that you can't yeah. get and divorce is like that too where you have these moments of you know a high or like well i'm out of this relationship um but you also have moments that you just you you haven't dealt with a lot of people in 20 years like being on your own so i think for men especially we tend to isolate more i really admire how women have like a community that can listen to your show they can be more emotionally vulnerable with their friends. And I just, I know guys probably want it, but I didn't know where to find them. You know, I, I was easier for me to go on dates than it was to find a guy to go watch the game with. And that's like what I realized, like, I need that, you know, more than probably anything right now. Yeah. And I think that that's so interesting. And, you know, I was saying to you before we even hit record is that, you know, I think it's so amazing what you're doing because there aren't a lot of resources for men. Um, and that, you know, to your point that you guys need 
you know, you need that community or as you called it fraternity as well. And, you know, and I can understand how getting on a dating app is a whole lot easier. Um, you know, one of the things that you also said that resonates too is, you know, from a female perspective was really the same thing. Like all my married friends were busy. Anytime I didn't have my kids and I was like, Hey, let's go grab a drink or let's go grab a bite to eat or let's go to the movies or like, Oh, I can't, you know, the, you know, my husband is working or like, I have to pick them up from soccer practice. And you're just like, Oh my God. And then I don't know if you also had this experience, but then I would also have my married friends be like, Oh my God, you're so lucky. You don't have the kids. Mm. And that's another perspective that I don't think people understand where it's like, you have no idea what it's like for the first time to not tuck your kids in at night. You have no idea what it feels like to be in a home where you could hear a pin drop and that noise is gone. And, you know, it's almost like our married friends have this like nostalgia for free time. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, I see that as like a reflection on them where it's like, well, maybe you need to be asking for some more free time because there is no bright side, right? It's just another side of divorce. Did you experience that too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even yeah. like my sister would be like, oh my God, you must be so happy. Don't have the kids. I'd kill for that. You know, like when you're married, yes, a, a night or two off is like the greatest thing ever. Stick me in a holiday inn in the middle of nowhere and I'll be just fine. But right. but right, when you don't have that and you have this big gap that you need to fill this void, because also we have just this emotional turmoil that we haven't dealt with yet. So now we're you know, I know a lot of people say like, oh, wait to date until you've worked on yourself, which sounds good in theory. But yeah, I was like, I have a, a you know, a void to fill. What am I going to do? I can't I'm not comfortable by myself. I need distraction. And then I don't know if you felt like this, but I've and I still feel like this sometimes. I'm not proud to say like a little bit resentful of like my happy married friends and how easy they have it on the days when I'm running around after my kids or I'm not with them. It's just like, in a lot of ways, I almost feel like I can relate much, much better to anybody divorced. And it's taken me a while to like, you know, come back in touch with like, you know, my my good guy friends, we always have that, that common bond that we'll always have, like since we were kids, but like, it's just a different level that I think people don't understand. They don't know that that's going to hit them. And then you just don't know how to deal with it. And I think that can be like dangerous, especially for men. And I think men are kind of marginalized in divorce where like maybe they go off and get married quickly. So they've got, you know, a whole, you know, a team to help them out or their mom's helping right. them or something. But there are a lot of guys that internally are still, they're really going through it and they have nobody to reach out to. They're less likely to go talk to a therapist. They're less likely to go to a meetup and, you know, put themselves out there. So I just know it's like a very uncomfortable time and anything I can do to like help people along the way a little bit, even if it's, Hey, uh, Wendy has this awesome podcast. Go listen to this episode. You might like it. I did that for a couple of people. And they were like, I had no idea this even existed. I didn't know. Yeah. We, we all assume like people are on Instagram and TikTok. nine out of 10 of my friends don't know that this stuff exists. So there there's so much awesome stuff out there, but like people are, very alone right now. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you said something that resonates too, is that, you know, you kind of, it, I think, I think the best way to say it is that we think that the grass is always greener, right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always appear that way. And, and 
I, whenever I see like my married friends or just people that I know, you know, these happy go lucky family pictures, you know, and that used to be me. Right. And behind the scenes, it was total bullshit. It was me trying to get everyone to think that my family life looked a certain way. And it's interesting because like, I do have those moments of like, you know, wow, must be nice. Like my, you know, I don't get invited on family vacate, like group family vacations anymore, because, you know, I, I have a boyfriend, I don't have a husband, I don't, you know, so like, I don't get invited on the family vacations anymore with my friends. And yeah, I'm resentful. I'm absolutely resentful because it's like, well, why is it that having two parents qualifies me to get invited to X, Y, or Z? I think it's really unfair. And I agree with you. There's, that is, a big reason why I do the work that I do, why you're here doing the work that you do is because it isn't fair, right? But life isn't fair. And we also get to create these experiences for people and dating isn't the right solution at the right time for everybody. And, you know, I remember going into that dating mindset too. I mean, holy crap. I was with my ex-husband for God, how many years was it? 23 years Hmm. before I started dipping my toe into the dating pool. And, um, back when I met him, we were in college, we met at a fraternity party. (laughs) There were no apps. (laughs) Yes. This was back in 1994, you guys. (laughs) And there weren't apps. Mm -hmm. It was a good old days. (laughs) 2020 hindsight. Right. Um, but like all of a sudden here I am and you're right. It's very easy to find a date. It's very easy to go on the dating apps and to connect with people and to fill that void. So how did you, how did you navigate that process for yourself when, you know, it's almost like you knew it was too early, but yet you wanted to fill that void. And then you get to the place where you're like, okay, now I'm ready for it. So I almost feel like there's two different skills that you probably had to learn. So share a little bit about that. Yes. Remind me of that. You brought up one really important point that I'll forget if I don't bring up our married friends understandably have no idea how really to even talk to their divorce friends. So there's this gap of like, I'm so sorry, or congrats, or I didn't know what to say. And that like creates this divide. And I can't really blame them because again, they don't really know what to say. In some ways it's like uh, the death of somebody. You're just like, you, you care a little in the beginning. And I think that's also one of the hardest parts of divorce is it's on the divorce person to initiate you know, yeah. hey, Wendy, like, uh, would you like to go out sometime? You know, you have to be persistent and you're at home like, well, this is bullshit. Like, how come nobody's coming to me? Like, I'm going through <laughs> stuff. So right. that's just one thing I wanted to bring up to people that I know, like, we're all waiting for somebody to come and support us. Yeah. And a lot of times that's on us. And that kind of sucks. But... When it's exhausting. Exactly. Right. And then you feel like you're annoying where it's like, you're constantly like, I feel like like you feel like you're constantly poking your friends of like, remember me, remember me, remember me. I'm alone. I'm alone. And, you know, and it gets, and it gets old, it gets old. And, you know, and I, I definitely remember getting to that point where I was like, yeah, I just, I'm tired of this. And like, yeah, I I totally agree. Okay. I distracted us for a second though. No, you're good. Yeah, the dating. So yeah, I mean, I was, you know, like a lot of men just like, you know, I waited till the papers were signed, but I was quickly on the apps mainly because, you know, there's this excitement like, oh, let's see what's out there. 
Um, but yeah, it was funny. Like one of the first uh, women that I met on the apps, we, our first date, she was like, so how long you been divorced? And I was like, three weeks oh. <laughs> and she started laughing and she's like so how old are your kids I'm like seven four and two and she just started laughing and I'm like this is just a giant shit show and I mean we actually bonded over that because I was like you know I might as well just talk about this at this point but um yeah it is a it's like you got a slot machine in your pocket and like anytime you feel bored or lonely you've got something that can like you know, perk you up, give you that, that high, that, that I don't feel so bad anymore. There's something out there, but it can also that fun, that high wears off quickly. And it can be, you know, it's very addictive. You can be like, get a lot, a lot of anxiety, I think from the apps that again, you haven't dated in 20 years, like most people like, Oh, this is fun. It's actually not that fun, especially when you don't know how to really even use these things. When you don't know things like, uh, boundaries or how to tell somebody no thanks or how you feel when you get ghosted or how you feel when you ghost somebody all these things that like I'm 45 now that now I'm having to learn these things nobody taught me any of this stuff so it's just like a complete tornado of things some fun some not and you know I did I'd like to say I waited till I was doing the work I think there is some merit to that but in reality I think like you can do all the work you want start dating somebody it's all gonna come out like you know have your first disagreement and you're gonna you know spiral back in your old ways so I think there's something to be said for like doing the work and dating at the same time and and like exercising this muscle that oh maybe I can say no to somebody and or let somebody down and like what I found is like and I had to like copy paste text to people just to like do it because it's so scary at first and you do a terrible a job but I found like women were a lot of times like you know what thank you for telling me that it wasn't a match like most people don't say that or yeah. you know they respect that and I was like huh and it kind of builds this confidence where you're like I don't and I think a lot of times in our marriages you fall into this codependent ish pleasing pattern Absolutely. that I'm sure we all are on and now you're divorced you're like well, I don't want to be like that, but you're not just going to like flip a switch. You don't have that muscle built. So I think dating is a good way to like, you know, start to say no to things, to choose yourself, to, you know, there's a great book for men, especially called No More Mr. Nice Guy uh, by Dr. Robert Glover. He's been divorced three times. And he says uh, one thing about dating that he says is and business and life. It's OK to be a bad picker, but you have to become a good ender. And most of mm. us suck at ending things, whether it's a business, a relationship, a date. So I think it's really important for people to like put themselves out there, even if it's like somebody that you're lukewarm with, but just do it to be like, oh, you know what? I don't think it's a match. And then you leave like, huh, that person didn't die. They, you know, <laughs> they don't hate me. And right. maybe like I can figure out, get some context about what I really am looking for that I had no idea after being in a marriage for so long. Yeah. Oh my God, Rob, you just so many amazing nuggets in there. My head is like spinning on what I want to talk about, but I think the, the, the point that I want to highlight for everybody that I hope that you guys just heard is communication. Right. And I think that I know that I was really bad communicating in my marriage and there was a fear associated with actually telling somebody how I felt and also not knowing how to say that in a way where I felt heard. And I agree with you. I think dating was one of the areas where I started learning how, 
how to communicate and feel heard and not feel like I was going to be attacked or punished for expressing myself. And I think it's interesting from your perspective to hear that. And also I can tell you that uh, I appreciated when somebody was like, Hey, not into this. Like, I'm just not feeling it. You're a great person. It's not personal, but like, I'm just not, not into it. It's like, thank you for valuing my time for seeing me. Mm -hmm. And I just want to like commend you for that <laughs> because I don't think a lot of people are, I actually think it's a big reason why people have such a big fear around dating is because they're not showing up authentically. They're not being honest and communicating. And therefore they think like, oh, I'm never going to find anybody. Or there aren't any great, there aren't any good guys out there. I hear that all the time. How am I going to find, they're all assholes. Like, how am I going to find like a good guy? And it's like, well, if you are, you know, if you're putting, I always say like, if you're putting your best self, best authentic self out there, like you're going to attract that back and either they're going to meet you where you are or they're not. And you can be like, see you later. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more attractive than like a woman saying, look, I'm going out with my friends tonight. I can't make it. I'm like, Ooh, boundary. That's hot. You know, like <laughs> say no. And right. like, I think there's this expectation again, that we're in our forties or fifties. We're supposed to know how to date. You've never, you haven't dated since 1994. Yeah. This is like, so give yourself like I'm starting in kindergarten here. Totally. You got to find resources. I mean, that was the first place I looked after like dating coaches I didn't know existed, but like, yeah. that's actually what got me into all this is like, oh, there's better ways to, you know, say these things because, you know, when you go out with somebody for the first, second time, especially after divorce, you're flooded with like cortisol, these chemicals that your brain is not going to work right. So I think you need to, if there are only assholes out there that you're dating, that's okay. Like, you need to be able, you just need to get better at maybe meeting them, identifying that and saying, eh, not a match. I saw a red flag. And, and then as right. you get better, you can see that over a text or the phone, like, eh, I don't like this. And then all of a sudden, when like the good, you know, guy or woman comes in, you're like, oh, I like how they're responsive or they, you know, have these values that when you're like, like you said, you are attracting it on some level, but like, I think that's hard for people to understand you just have to like strengthen your own filter and you can't do that in the beginning it's going to take like a lot of failure and that's what we all it sucks you know, at the beginning of mm -hmm. divorce and dating no way around it it sucks it will get better but like you're gonna like be walking around your hotel room like in the dark trying not yeah. to bang into walls and you just i think like accepting that it's still gonna feel like crap is is like a big step like all right this is gonna be frustrating but here I go. And then I'll crawl back into bed later and say, oh, what have I done? Right. What do I do differently next time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that you also bring up something else that I wanted to also bring up is, you know, I, as I was doing the work and what I actually am a huge proponent of is I agree. Like, I feel like there's always work to be done, right? You're never done. Transformation is always ongoing. However, there are certain elements that I do believe you need to have a certain solid foundation of like, you know, your, your self-esteem needs to get to a place where you feel confident about putting your best version out there. And my perspective around that is it's, it's like, I call it test driving, right? Test driving this new version of yourself when you're out there in the world. And it's not about looking for the feedback because 
I'm, I'm a former people pleaser. So for me, it was always about feeding off of other people's reactions or experiences of me for me to feel grounded and rooted in who I was. And what I'm saying is not that I'm saying to come out on these dates, to, to go out and meet people and be this version of yourself and unapologetically, and to sort of practice being in this, what feels like new, new skin, but yet it's, it's familiar at the same time. And I found that to be really powerful because it wasn't, it wasn't, it, I wasn't in a place where I was seeking something in return. I wasn't seeking that external validation. It was more about me practicing being this version of Wendy and gaining like it, it was almost like I already had a cherry on top of my Sunday, but like, I wanted a couple of extras, right? Like, why not? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I felt as I was going through the dating experience when I was getting to know myself. And, and there were times where I messed up, like I overshared or, you know, and clearly those weren't the men for me, but it was such a great hands-on learning experience um, that it really helped me to kind of move through and, and feel good about who I was rediscovering. Did you have a similar experience to that? I did. And that, that sounds, that sounds great. And I wonder what you think of this. Like, it just seems like women in general are better at like kind of putting them in that place. I don't know if it's, we all have ego, but as a guy, you know, I have an ego and it was like, it gets real like a, a sword through it when you get divorced, even if it was you that did it, even if it was you that cheated or you that wanted it. There's just something about divorce that I think shatters, you know, a guy's ego. And then we do seek this validation and maybe we don't feel as comfortable, like like you were saying, putting yourself out there and being willing to sit in the uncertainty. Um, and that's something like I, I think talking about is really good because what you said, like you were doing that doesn't mean you weren't like cringing inside like this is so uncomfortable but you were doing it you were like all right i got home i survived now i can like change and pretend like that never happened but right but yeah i mean it's i just have a lot of empathy for people going through it i think you need to like have this mindset and have this awareness that like this is going to be uncomfortable but i'm going to do it just because i know that you know we got i was in this i'm in this group called divorced over 40 mm -hmm. and like a lot of people would show up to it completely by themselves like it was a it's a social group not a dating group but like right. it's so brave to like go to a group where you've never met anybody you don't even know like is this the table over here it's like can be so awkward and like I, I, I a lot of respect for anybody out there doing it and it's it is part of the divorce process that you're like this is this is what you're gonna have to do if you want to like build this next chapter of your life and it's mm -hmm. worth it but it's hard it is. And it's building a new muscle, honestly. Um, you know, it, and it's a muscle that, I mean, I never learned. I mean, I met my husband at a fraternity party and then right. the rest was history, you know, and it was, I knew, I knew mutual friends. Like we met through mutual friends and that's not necessarily how the world works today. And, you know, and I agree with you. I mean, it's just, it's this new muscle and, 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 it's not one that you're practicing by yourself either. We think that we are, but, but really at the end of the day, you know, we're not, um, it's just sharpening skills that mm -hmm. we kind of forgot that we have the capability to, to have and to own and to use. Um, 
but yeah, and I, I, I love, um, I'm a big fan of the divorced over 40 group. And, um, you know, I think that there's community, right. It's about that community Mm -hmm. experience, um, and hearing other people's perspectives, um, makes you not feel like you're doing this Mm -hmm. by yourself anymore. And I'll say it's so much easier to talk about this than when it's go, you know, when it's happening to you, I can give (laughs) advice to anybody. Oh, you gotta just put yourself out there. Like that's a lot of what we share on WTF divorce is like what we should be doing and what it actually feels like. And that's so many messages we get are like, Oh my God, thank you for seeing me. I feel seen. This is my life. And I think in divorce, you're not getting that, that context. So even if it is online or podcasts, like finding that in the beginning is so important because you'll just feel less, you just feel like you're going crazy because you don't really, you don't have people to talk about it with. So you need to find them. And while dating is a good like exercise, like you got to also diversify and find friends. You might have to make new friends for the first time in 20 years. And that's just awkward. It is. It's very awkward. I remember, um, you know, I, like I was very, I threw myself into exercise. Like that was my outlet when I didn't have my kids. And I started just making friends at, again, this was pre COVID, but I started making friends with people at, you know, I'm a Barry's boot camp girl. And I started just making friends with people. And I made friends with another single woman who was in her forties. Um, she hadn't been married before, but she was single and she could go out and she could, you know, and, and I remember like, it just felt so nice to finally have somebody that just, you know, didn't care that I had my kids half the time. She like, you know, we clicked, we were friends and she loved my kids and, and, you know, we went out and we hung out, but you know, it just was, it it was so nice to be able to, to find somebody, but it's hard to put yourself out there, especially in your forties. Like, I feel like when you're, when you're a kid, it's so much easier to just go onto the play yard and and find a friend. And as an adult, we're like, are they going to like us? What are they going to think? Oh my God, do I have to tell them my story? (laughs) You know, you, you just, I think that's our ego, right? Like our ego just starts telling these stories and we're like, oh my God, wait, what is going on? Like, this is not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. And I quickly learned like a lot of people just want to be seen. People just want to know that you see it, that they exist. And even just saying hi and asking somebody about themselves, like people love that. You're like, oh, you want to know me? You want me to answer that question about myself? Like feels so good. And, mm-hmm. and I, I hope more people, you know, get the courage to, to go to these meetups, to go to these different events, to have the courage to go up to people. If you're doing yoga, like go find somebody and be like, do you want to grab a coffee afterwards? Like, and just start making friends because community is so important in this process. And it's not just in your social life, but it's also when it comes to co-parenting, because that's a whole other different ball game in and of itself as well. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, that is like to the PhD level. I'm like, I don't know, especially, and I have an amicable relationship with my ex co-parenting, but this is like a high wire act for people that are doing it in terms that aren't as great. So, and that's another thing where you need to learn, listen to podcasts, talk to people going through it because parenting is hard enough. When you add this layer to it, like good luck doing it completely on your own, you know, right when you're triggered by a text or like you say something the wrong way and it snowballs into something bigger. So I think it's very important. Like you said, community, finding the resources is like, one of the most important things you can do going through and after divorce. 
Yeah. And I think that another thing that people don't necessarily understand either is that even when you have, um, when you don't have your kids, whatever percent of the time, like you never stop being a parent. Like I still talk to my kids every day. I still get calls and text messages. My kids are 16 and 12, so they have phones, but I still get calls from them with like, Hey, can I ask you a quick question? Or, you know, sometimes I'll get that call like, Oh, dad, da, 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 right. You're, they're like trying to get you to like get involved mm -hmm. and co-parenting. It doesn't end when your kids walk out the door and go to the co-parent's house. Like you're still parenting, even though you don't have your kids. So I would love to hear your perspective around that um, and co just co-parenting in general as a dad. Yeah, it's, it is very hard. I mean, I, I think I do a, a, as good of a job as I can with it, but I, at the end of most days, like on a five day stretch, I'm just like, I'm cooked. And I'm just like, yeah. and then there's the thing and, and transition days. That's another thing people don't talk about. My kids are young, 10, eight, five, but like when you get the kids dropped off and they're excited and you're excited and that like, can then somebody's crying. Like sometimes it takes me like 24 hours just to get in the, you know, the parenting zone. And then after they're gone can take time. So I think it's, it's just like, you got to easier said than done, but you have to be, give yourself some grace. Like you have to take time for yourself while you're co-parenting. You have like if you can't take care of yourself, like it's going to be very challenging. So I'll be I'll tell the kids like daddy needs to go into the closet and meditate for 20 minutes. Here's a phone. Here's a phone. Um, <laughs> it can be it can be really tough. And like <clears throat> like you said, like it doesn't end. But you're also now having to develop boundaries with your ex because you do have split time. You need you know, a lot. I, there's like somebody shared uh, something about like that time off when you have your kids oh it must be so nice and it's like no i'm just recovering then i'm trying to like get myself back so there's times where you have to like say no to your kids which like can break your heart and say no you know daddy's got plans tonight because if not uh like the week is starting again if i don't take care of myself so there's so many nuances to it between like how you communicate with your ex and like taking the high road when it can be really hard like all of these things that I guess you were doing in a marriage, probably not very well, that now you have to relearn. And again, one of the big reasons you get divorced is so your kids can see you in a happier place, a healthier relationship one day. So yeah. all these things like we know intellectually, but like when you're in, especially in the beginning, it's just it's can be very challenging, but uh, it gets better. But it's like you need to you need to get help, seek help, seek community, talk to other co-parents because like none of my friends understand what this is like if they're married. No. And, and I think you bring up a good point around like the recharging, right? We talked about this a little bit too, is that it's really important. Like I always say that my kids get a better version of me when they come back, right? Because it gives me time to, you know, I work longer hours when I don't have my kids and it gives me the opportunity to like, to, to go, you know, I work out every day, regardless of whether or not my children are here. That is like a boundary that I have instituted, um, since divorce, but, you know, I make sure that I am really focused on what I need to be able to get myself back to the level where when my kids do come in the door that I'm ready for them and I am present for them. You know, it was interesting because I was, I was with my son and we were out, um, 
we were out with uh, a friend of his and, you know, I was sharing a little bit about what I do with his friend. And it was interesting because my son all of a sudden said, he's like, oh yeah, he's like my mom. She's like, he's, it was, it was startling to me because it was was something that came out of his mouth. Like, and I knew it, but like, he actually verbalized it where he was like, I love that you work for yourself because I know that when I'm home, that you're available, that you're there. And he's like, I don't ever want you to go back to corporate. I don't ever want you to go back and work those hours. And this is my 16 year old. Okay. My 16 year old who, as we were talking before, like the hormones are all over the place. One minute, leave me alone. The next minute, I love you. I need a hug, you know? And it's like, I I don't know what I'm getting moment to moment, but just to hear him say like, he understands and he gets that like when he's with me, like he loves that I am as hands-on as I am. And that is because yes, I left corporate and I started my own business, but it also is because I'm able to take care of myself when they're not here. And I set boundaries with them when they're not here, right? Like there's times where they, like my son last night, I was at dinner and he's texting me and I'm like, buddy, I'm at dinner. Is this urgent? And he's like, no, it can wait. Sorry to bother you. Love you. Right. And we forget that in order for us to recharge, we get to set boundaries with our kids too, which is kind of scary because the guilt mm-hmm. and the divorce guilt yeah. is really big, right? So what has been your experience around managing that? Because I know your kids are younger than mine. Like, how have you managed that? Yeah, that's such a big point too, because you have this divorce guilt. You you feel like you put your kids through something that, right. let's be honest, even when it's amicable, like I just did a transition. I got their video games up. Oh, I forgot this one's this. So I'm running back. Like that's not easy for them. So I think they are very resilient and like it's on us to do the best we can to model that for them. But um, yeah, like taking care of yourself again, easier said than done because like, especially in the beginning you fall into, I know as a guy late nights on the apps or texting, like all these things that you're not really taking care of yourself. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's, it can be challenging, but uh, yeah, you ha- you have to be your best self because like co-parenting is it's another level, I think, than like, hey, can you you know pick the kid up at school? Like now I have to when I need help with that, I have to like phrase that the right way. Like, hey, uh, would it be a problem if you had picked him up uh, after school and I, like try to like uh, take some of the edge off and then I'll get you on this one. And it's just like a lot of negotiating where you're just your bandwidth. Like sometimes by 11 AM, I'm like, I'm done. Like I've made 78 decisions for everybody. I think about this all the time too. Like we have these codependent ish tendencies, um, you know, with kids, you're kind of naturally like that. And then with divorce on top of it, you're like, Oh, don't, don't be upset or, or let's go for ice cream. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm taking care of somebody else all the time and ignoring myself. And that will just ram you into a wall. So like, it, yeah. you know, easier said than done, but you do have to remind yourself when you're feeling burnt out, like you got to take time for yourself. And sometimes that's going to make your kids feel a little bad. Like that's one thing too. Like my kids will get upset and I find like I'm more sensitive to it now than I was when they were married, right. like, eh, eh, they'll get over it. And now I'm like, Oh, what's the matter? Like, which is good, but it's also, if it's sacrificing myself too much, I got to be careful of that. So it's something I'm I'm always trying to like recalibrate and figure out and just be aware of it, which awareness sucks because usually you're like, oh, I'm doing this again. And then you beat yourself up about it. But right. it's an important step because in the beginning, you're just on this autopilot. And now you're like, Ugh, I, I probably, you know, 
shouldn't pick up this call right now. You know, like you said, a face, I'll get FaceTime, FaceTime, FaceTime. And I'm like, now I feel guilty about not answering, but what, you know, it's not even then I answer. And it's like, what's the password to the, you know, Disney plus. And I'm like, so so yes, all of these like micro decisions that I'm sure all parents are making. I'm sure I was before when I was married, but it's just amplified when you're co-parenting and that can be hard. Yeah, I think it's, you know, what I'm hearing you say, and I can relate to as well is like, it's a different level of energy that's required. And there isn't somebody that you have in your corner to back you up if you're not playing at that level, right? It's like, you just have to get there and figure it out no matter what, because, you know, it's man on man when, Mm -hmm. when we have our kids, um, or you got to be okay with playing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not good at this. You got to be okay right. with like, uh, I'm at my 70% of myself. This is the best I can give right now. Like, right. That's hard. And that's too. okay. It is. Yeah. And I always say like, this is the part where you get to have grace, right? Like your best gets to look different every single day. Mm-hmm. And there's days where my kids are like, you are, you are like in a bad mood. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a bad mood today. Like, I get right. to be in a bad mood. I don't have to be smiley and happy all the time. Like good for you get, for selling right? them that. Well, and and I I'm a very big proponent of like I don't sugarcoat things with my kids. And again, it's age appropriate. I <laughs> just want to put mm-hmm. that out there. But yeah, I mean, I don't. There's days where I have bad days. Um, you know, and and as my listeners know, like my mom passed away about seven months ago. And there are days where I just can't explain why I'm either in a bad mood or why I'm sad. And that is relatable in that that's how it used to be when I went through divorce. You know, I'm six years, almost six years on the other side of separation. And five for filing, but like I had random days where I felt really sad or I would get triggered and it would be a day that I had my kids. And, you know, it's like, I also think it's important that our kids know, like we have feelings too. And life is hard. It is hard being a single parent. It's not impossible, right? Like we do the best that we can every single day, but I think it's also important for our kids to see like, it's not a Facebook facade every day either. Mm-hmm. Like you get to feel what comes up for you and own it. Mm-hmm. So totally. yeah, Rob, oh my God, this has been such a great, I, I'm so happy <laughs> that you've been here because this has been, a, I think a really eye-opening um, episode and, and just hearing your perspective, I think is so incredibly important. If there's one thing that you want to leave our listeners and viewers with today, what would that be? Yeah. uh, One, you're just, you're not alone. It's going to be hard. Find help. And I think, you know, a lot of the reason I started WTF Divorce is because like I wanted to help guys. And let's say even if you're not getting along great with your ex, they're still a co-parent to your kids. You're still dating a divorced dad a lot of the time. So I think it's important for men to get introduced to this kind of like communication, this conversation and make it more relatable because, uh, you know, we're raising our kids. I want my kids to, you know, I, I don't know what their relationships are going to be like, but like, hopefully this is a step towards like showing them that you can choose your own happiness that maybe you should like, you know, break up with somebody if they're not, you know, like that. I think, uh, it's divorce can be like a real gift. It's going to be a very uncomfortable, painful gift in the beginning, but it's going to afford you opportunities that, a lot of married people that are in not great relationships and never get the opportunity to have. Yeah, I totally agree. That's such great advice, Rob. How can people find you and connect with you and just listen to your awesomeness? 
Uh, well, thank you. And thank you again for having me. I could do these conversations all day. It's I like, know, it's so again, good. it's like therapy for me because I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to an adult over 10 years old that's also divorced. You know, that alone, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I feel like uh, fulfilled. So I am at, at WTF Divorce on Instagram, WTFDivorce.com. We try to come up with a catchy name because that's pretty much how I felt about divorce every minute of the day. Like, is anybody seeing this? Like, what right. the F? Um, <laughs> got a podcast, WTF Divorce, where we just share short clips. Like, how do you deal with your co-parent when your kid is sick? It's the questions that I have all the time. So I just, there's so many experts like you. So I just use it as like a way to, uh, you know, teach myself and hopefully teach other people that are going through it because there's so much amazing content out there, but it can be hard to, you know, find it yeah. on social media. So if I can help connect people with experts like you, then, you know, that can really have an impact on somebody's life. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, thank you so much for being here today. I've really, really loved our conversation. Thank you, Wendy. This was a lot of fun. Of course. And everybody tuning in today. Oh my gosh, what a great episode. We went really long. Normally, I this has been a longer episode, but I did it on purpose because I think it's really important that we get to hear a male perspective um, on divorce. And I think that it is interesting. It is eye-opening and it gives us faith that there are men out there who are doing the work, who are worthy and who also are navigating a very similar path to the ones that we women are as well. So I hope that there was some nugget of information that helped you guys to just shift your beliefs or to create some awareness wherever it is that you guys are in your divorce healing process. Thank you so much for joining me today. And as always, sending you all so much love, light, and joy. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.